The Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, it's basically like a giant garbage dumpster. The reason that the dollar has value is because the US government has a legal monopoly on producing the dollar. If you go into your basement and start photocopying your dollar bills, the Secret Service will come and knock on your door and arrest you. Only the US government has the authority to produce dollars. That scarcity is in part what makes them valuable. <laughs> oh my God. Hang on, hang on. It's scarce, but you can print as many as you like. This is Bitcoin Basics Podcast with your host, Ferris, that's me, and Gordon from Coin Compass. We're Bitcoin advisors and educators supporting business and individual investors to safely buy, manage, and control their private keys, Bitcoins. This podcast is strictly educational and is not intended to be financial or investment advice. Full disclaimer in the show notes and at the end of this episode. G'day, everyone. Welcome to the Bitcoin Basics Podcast yet again with your host, Gordon. That's me. And I'm still at the beach. What about you, Ferris? Uh, no, I'm in New Zealand, so we've entered stage four lockdown tonight, so everyone's going to self-isolation. Mm. I'm in self-isolation at the beach. Now, proof of, proof of recording, the block time, block height, block date is 622.796, and that is March the 24th, 2020, and the price of Bitcoin is $6,619, at least according to Bitstamp. So this is our inaugural Bitcoin Basics Q&A, which is quite exciting. We've got a really good response. We'll um, keep the names and locations private because I didn't actually ask for those to be recorded, so I'm not sure if they want to be devolved, so we won't uh, devolve those. And we'll probably do a couple more of these. So you can still ask your questions, coincompass.com slash ask anything basically relating to Bitcoin. So hit that up and uh, we'll cover it and answer it on our podcast. So Faris, let's have a listen to the first couple of questions. Actually, yeah, before you do, Gordon, can I um, just interject here? So with that, everyone who's listening is we're aware there's a huge knowledge gap in the world of Bitcoin. People that have been involved in Bitcoin, they got involved early, are very tech savvy very mathematician um, savvy. So, and that knowledge gap, our fear will continue to expand. So what we're doing here is, yeah, anyone who's new to Bitcoin, Bitcoin Basics Podcast, is that's what we do. We just want to teach you the foundation. So no question is too simple, no question is too embarrassing. So please send them to us. Awesome, Ferris. Thanks for that. So let's go ahead and listen to our questions. Hi, Ferris and Gordon. This is Hannah from an Asian country where Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are still new concepts and people hesitate to invest in them. But thanks to your informative podcast, I learned basic technological information about Bitcoin and you are doing a great job. But I have some concerns related to Bitcoin as an investment channel, particularly in the context of global coronavirus spreading at this moment. Do you think Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies be affected by the disease in long term? And how can Bitcoin be affected 
wise is not under control of any governments and state banks. Once again, thank you for sharing useful information, and I wish you all the best with Coin Compass. Hi there. Just wondering how Bitcoin will now be affected with what's going on with the coronavirus. Thanks. How do you think the coronavirus uh, is going to affect the Bitcoin market? Fantastic. Thanks for those questions. So, Faris, why don't you kick us off on how Bitcoin and the Mexican beer virus is affecting markets at the moment? <laughs> I like how you put that, Gordon. Um, yeah, so I did a video last night which um, was looking at just global markets. There's a few key markets that I'm looking at. Um, I did send it to Gordon, but apparently I sent in the wrong one, so you'll get that. Um, I'll share my screen. The main thing I'm watching now is gold. And um, yeah, in my video last night, I said if gold breaks 1520, if it closes above 1520, and this was uh, less than 12 hours ago that I recorded that, I'd say we're looking at a, um, a bottom for gold. And we're now at 1620. Um, so if you can see my chart, that's just a huge move in gold. Um, I'll break that down to a four hour chart. And yeah, massive move in gold, hundred dollars in wow. gold um, in just the last 12, 12 hours or so. Um, so um, yeah, how is this affecting Bitcoin? So we have written and spoken about the Bitcoin to gold correlation, and Bitcoin um, is not like I. In the same video, I said I was actually looking quite positive on Bitcoin. I was hoping we'd go sideways under the $6,000 level for some time just to give everyone a chance to accumulate some Bitcoins. Um, so, but yeah, looking at the charts last night, and I was looking, so in hindsight, I was looking at this one here, and we were closing higher than that. And I said, if we close above 7,200 on a weekly chart, that is quite bullish to me. That would indicate that 4,000 was the bottom. Um, but seeing what gold's doing and seeing what Bitcoin's doing to me is what is the narrative for Bitcoin? Because the narrative for gold is the safe haven. And I think what's really given gold the, the run lately was um, Neil Cash Carey, one of the Federal Reserve Chairmen, sorry, one of the Chairmen of, of a Federal Reserve Bank in America, went on an interview and basically said, oh, we can print unlimited dollars. Now, anyone in the know will say, uh, yeah, someone's got to pay those back. Now, average Joe, when they say the government needs to pay for it, they're unaware they're the government. Right? The government means taxpayers, taxpayers means everyday people. So when the government says, oh, we're here to save the day and print money, people really just haven't clicked on it. No, that actually means us. So I think that's why gold's doing very well. I think there's a lot of hedge funds maybe buying gold at the moment because, yeah, um, unlimited dollars. Well, you can't have unlimited gold and you can't have unlimited Bitcoin. Um, but yeah. So last night, I was actually going to mention this as well. This is hilarious and um, we, we have to cover this. So last night's uh, interview on, he did an interview on 60 Minutes. So he's the federal... Um, he's the chief of the Federal Reserve of Minneapolis. And this is in response to people freaking out. He said, your ATM is safe. Your banks are safe. 
there's enough cash in the financial system and there's an infinite amount of cash at the Federal Reserve. We will do whatever we need to do to make sure there's enough cash in the banking system. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we can go into details here, but this it, this just this just echoes exactly what Bernanke did in 2008. Flood the system with cash, keep the economy moving. And we kind of wrote about this as well. In the ni- late 1920s, early 1930s, people were starving, but there are crops that were basically rotting in fields because a farmer can afford to pay people to um, harvest them. And that's their mentality, is give people money, keep the economy ticking along. That's what they've been doing for what, over 10 years and it hasn't worked. So we could spend hours talking about this. Uh, we could, but this is quite funny. And if you just indulge me for one minute, I want to mention one of his other quotes. And this was from last month that he spoke at um, some economic research seminar about Bitcoin. And I'm quoting this verbatim because the grammar is a little bit haywire. The Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, it's basically like a giant garbage dumpster. The reason that the dollar has value is because the US government has a legal monopoly on producing the dollar. If you go into your basement and start photocopying your dollar bills, the Secret Service will come and knock on your door and arrest you. Only the US government has the authority to produce dollars. That scarcity is in part what makes them valuable. (laughs) Oh my God. Hang on, hang on, hang on. It's scarce, but you can print as many as you like. Yeah, but it's infinite. We have. So that was one month ago, and I'll put links to both of those articles in the show notes. Oh, it's if this was not mucking around with people's real lives and it's the entire (laughs) generation. It's oh my gosh. Uh, Yeah, what gets to me is that the people making these policies will not be themselves affected by these policies. Mm-hmm. All righty, we could spend ages yeah. complaining about the <laughs> federal um, yeah, yeah, so, well, this is the point. So, we get this. A lot of, I think people are starting to get this, and I think we are in an era. So, with Donald Trump, um, people were, it was an anti establishment vote. And people are going to start to realize that the Central Reserve, um, the Federal Reserve banks around the world are part of the establishment. And they're actually caused, they start the fire and then run with a hose. And the hose actually is just spraying more dollars onto a fire. So I think we are at that tipping point now where people are going to say, okay, what is the Federal Reserve and yeah, why do we need it? Um, but yeah, so... To answer your question about Bitcoin is, I would have expected Bitcoin to perform very well as a store of values. What I think happened, and I'll share my screen again now, is the um, 2017 um, fever that we saw, and this was not just Bitcoin, so it's in quite a few markets. I think this really tainted Bitcoin's story in 2017. And I've quoted this before. I, I think it was Sefadina Moose who said, or maybe it wasn't him, but someone said, Bitcoin is a store of value masked as a get-rich-quick scheme. And that's what it was in 2017. Everyone said, oh, just buy your Bitcoins and we're set for life. And it was a bubble. And uh, that is only you know two years ago that this happened. So memories are short. Sorry, memories are long in markets. And this is very soon. So I still think, People see Bitcoin as anti-establishment, anarchist, 
um, they're not seeing a long-term store of value. That is starting to change, definitely with private hedge funds getting in. So last year, private hedge funds started seriously looking into it. And I think the public is going to start generally getting into it. And we are getting these queries ourselves as a business from people saying, okay, I'm kind of interested in this thing, which I think the reason they're interested is more probably not what is Bitcoin doing, but what's happening in the rest of the world that I should not trust governments with my money, with my savings. Absolutely. I I have never really been more bullish on Bitcoin until now. I'm not talking about today, short term or medium term. I'm talking long term. And I think eventually people will realize there's they realize that there is no central bank Bitcoin. There is no CEO or marketing department. You can't print Bitcoins infinitum. There is no such thing as quantitative easing with Bitcoin. There's only ever going to be 21 million Bitcoins ever produced. And there are some amazing properties of Bitcoin, but that is probably the digital scarcity, probably the number one value in in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And that was to me the biggest convincing factor to get into Bitcoin was, yeah, the scarcity aspect of it. Stay informed with the state of Bitcoin and blockchain developments, news, and a comprehensive summary of price movements from technical and fundamental analysts with a Coin Corner monthly newsletter at coincompass.com forward slash newsletter. While you're there, check out all our social media, video guides, ebooks, and webinars at coincompass.com forward slash free. So in the short term, and, and of course, we're, we're both talking long term. We're not talking about Bitcoins going to the moon tomorrow, anything like that. Uh, so as you know, I love playing devil's advocate. So let me just read a few headlines from about four or five days ago. Bitcoin just failed the Mexican beer virus test, down 26%. Bitcoin sees worst sale-off in seven years as Mexican beer virus uh, spurs flight to safety. Mexican beer virus is forcing fans of Bitcoin to realize it's not a safe haven after all. Um, Who was that written by and where, Gordon? Oh, these, these, these are pretty much everywhere. Uh, I could, I could link them, but this ma- is pretty mainstream much media, about, right? Yeah, mainstream media. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So with that, we can go back and forth. There's so many articles out there where people have been um, trashing Bitcoin for years. Um, even you know what people consider very respected economists like uh, Nuria Rubini, who was basically telling everyone in these words, Bitcoin's a pile of shit at, when it was at twenty five dollars, and well. <laughs> And this is the thing, it's like, you know, people like this will go to their grave thinking the rest of the world is wrong, I am right. So, look, I would agree with that, that it is not seen as a safe haven asset by the masses. That, yeah, that is playing out, that I've got to agree with. But for people in Bitcoin, well, we know better. And um, we know better why, because we put time and research into this. I mean, me and you, Gordon, I mean, we're here because we spent hours and hours every day for years learning about this thing and that's why we're educators now because we put so much time into it just learning about it so a quick article like that is looking at what the price there's more to bitcoin than the price most people listening to this or watching this probably just want to know about the price but uh as i just said short-term medium-term to be honest i don't really know could go up could get down could go sideways could get backwards 
I've never been more bullish on Bitcoin. And a reminder that Bitcoin actually started because of the financial crisis. And we remember that in yeah. 2009, January 3rd, 2009, when Bitcoin had its first block, block zero, called the Genesis block, the creator, inventor of Bitcoin, Satoshi Nakamoto, put in that block a piece of data. And that data was a link to a London Times article, Chancellor on Brink of Second Bailout for Banks. And so obviously that was done on purpose. So we really haven't seen Bitcoin during a crisis and yeah. people are writing these articles after you know a few days and a few weeks or something like that it's like well come back to us in maybe three or four years time and let's see how bitcoin's doing then yeah and that's an excellent point so um and one thing i do want to mention with that is um and i heard someone say this back in 2008 to 2009 when bitcoin was first launched you know a government could have easily um done a 51% attack and taking control of Bitcoin, but they're so busy with the GFC, they chose to ignore it. And with what's happening now, same thing. They're going to be so busy attacking this crisis that they're just going to have to ignore Bitcoin again. Um, I do want to look at the price here because I've just zoomed out. And, and this is the thing where I don't actually have, this is a gut feeling that I'm saying here, guys. This is just based on five years of looking at charts. You kind of develop a cognitive process here. And I never trade off my cognitive process, off my gut feeling. I, I actually need a signal. I'm not getting a signal for Bitcoin yet. But to me, I think there's still more downside to come. Um, reason I'm saying that is because this weekly candle here, this big black one, does not look like a good... A, does not look like a candle that you bottom off of that's there and what's happening now yeah we are seeing this run this week but we're seeing a bounce in other markets as well and i mentioned this in last night's video so I'll go to the dax which has basic uh, that's the uh, european uh european sorry not european german 40 companies top 40 companies in germany and that's the one that had a huge sell-off initially but we are seeing a bounce and that's just because Selling has been exhausted. And yeah, I would expect this bounce, you know, to go back up here another 500 points maybe. And so Bitcoin we've noticed is not following the trajectory of gold. It's actually been following the trajectory of indices. So even though people in the know believe Bitcoin to be a store of asset, other people are treating Bitcoin like a high risk speculative trade. So that's why I think it's just following the bounce in equities. If equities roll over, I think Bitcoin is going to roll over as well, which is a good thing. It gives you more chance to buy Bitcoin at lower prices. Absolutely. And um, a lot of people, Faris, probably listening to this, like myself, aren't uh, traders and investors, and then probably um, didn't know a lot about what you were saying. but. I guess I'm not putting words in your mouth from my point of view. Again, short term, long term, not really sure. It could could go down a lot further. But I've been getting a lot of questions. You know, should I buy Bitcoin now? All this sort of stuff. Um, people are like, "Oh, stocks are so low. Going to buy cheap stocks or whatever." And it's like, well, yeah, it might be the bottom, but it might not be the bottom. It might be the top of um, a prolonged uh, downturn. So if you're 
asking, you know, should I buy Bitcoin now? It's like, well, firstly, I can't really answer that. I'm not a financial advisor. But if you kind of have to ask that question, then I'd probably say no. Bitcoin mm. is so highly volatile, especially at the moment. Um, my advice would be to maybe wait till the dust settles. And if you believe Bitcoin is a store of value and Bitcoin is here for the long term, which we both do and is going to go back to 20,000, the all-time high and beyond, I don't know when. It's not going to be tomorrow, obviously. Mm. Then um, don't FOMO into it. It doesn't really matter whether you buy it 4,000 or 6,000 or 7,000, whatever, when it's back up at those prices. So sometimes the best thing to do, don't FOMO into it. Don't try and chase it and, you know, get cheap Bitcoin right at the very bottom what we call catching a falling knife yeah. um, that's a really good way to get completely wrecked you haven't missed the train there's going to be so many more opportunities to buy in later yeah. once we're sort of um, confirmed that it's a bottom and an uptrend so basically be patient that would be probably my advice and uh, if you're not in Bitcoin at the moment um, again hashtag not financial advice maybe just wait for the dust to settle yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, this is a little bit off topic, but it, I, I think it's important. It's a little bit of a PSA, but I've, I've actually been having a lot of people ask me questions like, should I buy Bitcoin and this sort of stuff? And it's like, look, at the moment, there's so much uncertainty, not just with Bitcoin, but with the economy and the markets and society in general. I mean, this, this outbreak might go on for another month. It might go on for another month, nine months. Like no one knows. Basically, you've got to make sure that you can survive. Like, can you survive another three, six months of being unemployed or with low salary or have enough yeah. cash? Then you shouldn't be worried about investing. You should be worrying about paying your bills and, you know, doing yeah. all that kind of stuff. So you might want to have a think about that. I know people are like, well, you know, with great crises, you get great opportunities and all that sort of stuff. But um, Bitcoin's not going away. So Bitcoin's in it for the long term. We're both in it for the long term prioritize it and um you know if you have to you know maybe cut back on spending all that kind of stuff but use your time wisely maybe you don't invest in bitcoin invest in your education that's our slogan yeah. have a look at some of our youtube videos have a look at some other people's youtube videos about bitcoin and blockchain um and sort of improve your skills whether that's you know learning something different um enhancing a hobby or whatever like that so um yeah, that would be uh, our advice. Um, use this time wisely to um, learn more about Bitcoin so that when the time comes to pull the trigger, you're uh, confident that, um, you know, you're not worrying about the price so much that fundamentally in the long term, Bitcoin's here to stay. And again, going back to the original quote of the Fed printing money like it's out of fashion and you've got this um, infinite QE, you can't do that with Bitcoin. Bitcoin... There are only ever going to be 21 million Bitcoins. So um, if nothing else, um, that's what I'm most bullish on. And we got to keep in mind that we think five to seven million of those Bitcoins have already been lost. And that when we say lost, that's just due to human error, which is what we're here to help you prevent. <laughs> If you have any questions about Bitcoin um, or anything else, actually, just jump on our website at coincompass.com slash ask, and um, we will listen to your questions and we will answer it on the air with several others. And yeah, we won't reveal your name or location or anything like that. And also check out coincompass slash free for uh, free materials that are available on there. 
Absolutely. Thanks, Faris. And to sum up, Bitcoin is the soundest, best money. Maybe not today, considering um, the mainstream media, but uh, we are both super bullish long term on Bitcoin. It ain't going anywhere. Thanks, Faris. And see you next time. Thanks for watching or listening. Please visit coincompass.com slash free to register to our socials and discover other free content. Subscribing, liking, and following helps this content remain ad-free. Until next time.